Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast, helping to improve the understanding and treatment of pain across the world through education, advice from experts in the field, personal stories from those living well with pain, and more. A modern approach to pain treatment, management, and education, while helping to bring the patient voice back to healthcare. This is the Modern Pain Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Mark Cardula. What is going on, everybody? This is Mark Cardinal, the lead faculty and CEO here at Modern Pain Care, where we make you the complete clinician. Coming at you this week with a, finally somebody else besides Jared and I just talking and pontificating about the world of PT and healthcare and, and pain and all these things. We we figured it might be nice to have a, you know a, a different point of view. Um, obviously, there's a lot of confirmation bias going on. Uh, we uh, Aaron Kubal is our guest chiropractor uh, in Minnesota, and definitely some confirmation bias that goes on with some of the messages and things. Um, he's doing some great things that I've been very impressed with, uh, with just watching his social media feed and, and some of the things he's willing to put himself out there and, and have some comments that may go against the grain of, of, uh, you know, common practice, which we, as you know, probably do as well. And, and some of the resulting fun discussions I'm sure that Aaron has that he may share with us. And this may be in this episode or the, the part two of the conversation, but before we do, uh, get to know Aaron and, and where he's at, let's, uh, hear how Jared doing. How are you doing, Jared? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm glad to finally have a, another guest on the podcast. Uh, I, I love you and I enjoy talking with you, but it is, it's good, you know, to bring somebody else on and hear what they have to say every now and then. Um, <clears throat> and with Aaron in particular, uh, you know, you and I, we're getting a little bit long in the tooth. We're getting older. And, you know, I've been watching Aaron for, for a couple of years now, come up out, out of the out of the drudges of school and, and getting out into clinical practice and whatnot. And I, I've been impressed by some of the things that he has uh, said and put out and, and kind of the walk that he's walking. So I thought it would be cool to bring him on and, and have a little bit of a discussion. And especially since I might be wrong, but it's my perception. He, he probably functions in a different uh, audience than we do uh, being, you know, heavily on TikTok and that sort of thing. So I think that it would be interesting to hear his experiences on some things. Yeah, absolutely, man. Aaron, do you mind just kind of introducing yourself to the audience? I mean, a, a lot of folks uh, who are tuning in probably have heard of you and seen you on your social media, uh, you know, activities. But uh, if you don't mind introducing yourself for folks, and then uh, Jared, you can you can start digging into the world of Aaron Kubal, chiropractor here. Yeah, and if I'm saying your name no, wrong, dude, you got it. Kubal, correct me. You got it. It's uh, no, yeah. Um, I appreciate the. The intro that was fun. No, I uh, no, it's good to be on here. I I listened to this um, podcast all through school, and I I definitely had followed both of you guys closely as I was you know on my way up through through Cairo school and whatnot. So um, it's kind of cool for all that to come full circle after my first year of practice, and it's always exciting to have an experience like that. But yeah, I mean, just kind of like your little the little intro said there, it's uh, um, not a whole lot to me. It's I'm doing the whole Cairo thing, but a little bit different because I don't see patients in person. It's all through computer screen, virtual clinic um, entirely. So everything I do is telehealth. And then um, I'm pretty active on social media as far as putting out educational content for the general population. It's all targeted at gen pop, not necessarily for clinicians, just for the public. And it's trying to promote a little bit more of a modern take on a lot of the things we talk about with pain and then evidence-based care, what people should be getting and um, maybe some of the less tackling some of the less accurate information that's out there is also a big part of it as well. So yeah, I think that's 
that's pretty much most of what I'm of what I'm bringing when I'm bringing to the table. Well, cool, man. Well, I, I want to dig in a little bit deeper into who is Aaron really? Like, what, what, what's your background? Where did you come from? And, and why in particular did you choose the, um, the chiropractic route? You know, what, what led you there? What got you interested in it? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, so I, I was just athlete growing up and played all sports, um, you know, through high school and obviously bumps and bruises, aches and pains come and go. And I just, my parents happened to take me to a Cairo that we knew as like a family friend down the road. And, um, quite honestly, like there was nothing weird about my Cairo experience growing up. And to me, like none of it seemed strange. And looking back on it retrospectively, um, pretty much everything that Cairo was doing back then at the time with me as a kid, I still more or less a hundred percent agree with. So like, I had a really nice experience with it and there was, was, I mean, it was mostly just honestly advice. He wouldn't even crack me every time. And it's pretty much him just kind of guiding me through managing, you know, pulled hamstrings that I would get with football or, you know, shoulder pain with throwing with baseball, like just simple advice type stuff. And I thought his way of, of approaching things and kind of guiding me through situations was really cool. And I wanted to be able to, to offer that to people and me being naive and, kind of an idiot. I never really looked any deeper than that. I just kind of assumed, yeah, you know, I mean, he does it. He's a chiropractor. This is probably how they all are. <laughs> and and that is not what ended up being the case. And I uh so I went to Cairo school and kind of slowly and then more quickly figured out that the impression I had of the profession and and what, you know, the majority of chiropractors are doing and what it's all about um, was probably I was probably seeing the 1% rather than the 99, like I had assumed, which that made for an interesting experience going through school. But, you know, outside of that, um, I've always been not necessarily like, I don't know about a great critical thinker, but I've always just asked lots of questions just because I don't get stuff a lot. You know, I, I, I just think because people talk about critical thinking, like it's a skill set. And I really just think it's, you know, once it's all, once all the information has been put out there, you just kind of keep asking stuff. I don't think you have to be particularly skilled to be able to do that. I just think you have to either not get it if you're like me, or you just want to know a little bit more. So, um, I've always been that way. And I think I've just kind of kept that up, um, all the way through Cairo school. And I, I think if that is your personality, um, this is kind of how you end up. If you're going through chiropractor school, ask somebody who asks a lot of questions like that, um, and values science um, and puts a lot of large priority on that. I think this is just kind of the way things go for you if that's how you are. So that's kind of how it's been. So, so asking a lot of questions, I love it. And then it's obviously Jared and I are, are huge, uh, you know, proponents of, you know, asking questions, kind of the critical thinking mindset um, with things. Doesn't always make you a popular person in school. I don't know. How was your journey in school with, with that kind of mindset? Was it, was it challenging for you to kind of feel like those questions were being received well and the interaction in school? I know it's the same thing in physio. We, there's a lot of conflicting things and challenging narratives that still are getting taught due to a variety of tech issues that we don't need to get into here. But I'm just wondering how that uh, kind of critical, you know, question act, question asking mindset, how that served you in school and any of the challenges that you experienced with that. No, dude, it sucked. Like it sucked. And it was a long (laughs) four years and there's like really no other way to put that. Um, I think it was harder when I was kind of one foot in one foot out and just kind of figuring out 
um, exactly what I had gotten myself into because I, I was still kind of navigating like how hard do I push? Do I question every single thing? Do I have days where I back off and chill out and just, you know, conform or whatever? Um, and then I think once I kind of decided what direction I was going to go, um, it became easier to just be myself and lean into that fully. And, um, you know, easier for me to just be consistent with that and not have to like overthink, am I doing the right thing? Am I not? And just be, have some conviction, but then also more difficult because leaning in created a lot more strain, both with teachers and classmates. And, um, you know, even with just like friends and family seeing me go through, um, and like people wanting to be excited for me becoming a chiropractor, but then like, they'd tell me, they're like, Hey man, like, uh, you know, I think it's so cool. You're becoming a Cairo. I was going to go start seeing one soon. And I would respond and be like, maybe don't, or maybe like, at least let me vet the situation first before you dive into that. And people be like, wait, you don't like it. You don't believe in it. And that was always really confusing for people trying to support me too. So, um, definitely a lot of strain over the course of those four years, kind of pulling in a lot of different directions. But, um, you know, like I said, um, at least it wasn't mundane. It was definitely an interesting experience and lots of stories. And uh, I think I'd prefer that rather than a smooth, easy ride through Cairo school, just cracking backs and having a good time. So um, at least it was interesting. Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, it's super cool that you had that experience, right? That you had this really good experience with a chiropractor who was practicing in a way that you felt like was science-based. It was good. It, like, it made a lot of sense to you. And that's what brought you to the profession. So right off the bat, you had a really good idea of what your profession could be. And I would probably say most people aren't lucky enough to have that experience. And maybe they have the other experience. And then, uh, you know, it's, they get hit with a ton of bricks later on. You were kind of already like, man, I kind of see what this is supposed to be like. And you guys aren't teaching me what my experience was like. And you mentioned having a conversation with friends and family. Uh, do you get the perception that the general population kind of views all chiropractors the same or views all physical therapists the same. It's just like, I'm going to go get some chiropractic or I'm going to go get some physical therapy. And it's this thing that you get rather than it's this uh, engagement and care with a specific professional that you, you have. I think, I think the public perception of, um, I guess this will apply more so to chiros, but maybe on a smaller scale, the PT as well is I think the public perception of us is a direct reflection of just how ambiguous and so it's the wide range of people we have within the field, like the ambiguity, it's pretty palpable when you talk to people and ask people um, about their, either their experiences with chiropractic or what they think or know about it. It's you get such a mixed bag. You'll get the people who um, are anywhere from people who literally worship it, just like there's clinicians who literally worship it all the way down to people who have, you know, barely even heard of it or think that, you know, all we do is like set bones or something like that. Um, the, the range of understanding and public perception is so, so wide. And, and I really do think that just stems from how wide of a variety we have as far as types of professionals, um, within the field. It's just a lot of confusion. And I think it's a very confused profession. So to me, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so you mentioned that you're doing like a hundred percent virtual practice right now. And that adds to the confusion, right? Like why you would hear chiropractor and then you hear that I'm doing it through the computer screen. I think I'm just making it more confusing for people, but that's a good example of like how, <laughs> how big of a mess it is. But yeah, it's all, I'm all virtual. Yeah. I was going to ask how that's going. You know, what, what are the interactions that you get? Do you feel like, 
you're getting a sampling bias? Like, do you feel like the clients that you see are kind of seeking you out because you are different and they're, they're willing to see a chiropractor who is virtual because they know that it's different? Or do you, do you get people that are, that run the gamut on their, you know, expectations of what your, your care should be? I am exposed to such a wide range. First of all, it, it is going great and I love it. I, and I don't anticipate changing um, my job and my career path. If anything, I'll lean more into it and just continue to build and expand that, that virtual role. I, Cause I've, I've valued telehealth long before the pandemic. I knew that was going to be part of my practice before anything with COVID ever happened. So the fact that the first year has gone well and I'm really loving and enjoying it, um, that's been awesome. But as far as the, the, the range of people that reach me, I, my social media reach, especially through TikTok being such a crazy, you know, mechanism of just organic reach and you reach such a diverse crowd, like the people who book with me, it's pretty wide ranging too. So there are some kind of common themes that, <clears throat> that come up. I, I think pretty much 99% of the patients I work with, um, are chronic pain and that that's both from just people who randomly book with me to some of my referral sources with just um, pain management clinics that have connected with me through TikTok, ironically. Uh, never would have expected that I'd be saying that, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so it's all chronic pain. And I think one of the common themes that I've noticed is um, you always hear people dealing with persistent pain. They've tried everything. They've, they've run their way down the list. And I initially, I anticipated that I would just be, you know, another name on that list. And the reason they're booking with me is because, well, they're looking at me and saying, well, I haven't tried the guy on the computer screen yet. So let's try that. But actually what it seems to be most often is um, from the videos that I do debunking different things, whether it's just different narratives around different treatments and things like that, or claims people will make that are probably not very accurate. Um, for a lot of people, that's serves as a lot of validation for their own experience. And like, it's, you know, it's a cheap, shitty therapy with an inaccurate narrative and I wouldn't expect it to work. And then I say that in a video and then you get somebody in, in pain who's been blaming themselves for why that therapy that was oversold to them didn't work for them. And they're like, it was, it was supposed to be so good. And it's, apparently it works for so many other people. Why it didn't it work for me? And now they see my big dumb face on TikTok saying, oh no, it is shitty and I wouldn't expect it to work um, and I wouldn't recommend it for people. And if it didn't work for you, I'm not terribly surprised by that. For them, I think that gives a lot of um, validation that sometimes those people dealing with pain for years and years um, really need. And and they, I get people expressing that to me pretty much every single day. So um, that was an unintended um, kind of outcome, but that's been a big common theme with, with who ends up seeking me out as people that have just not had a lot of luck with a lot of the things that I talk about. No, I, I, I dig that uh, format and I, I love the, f the fact that you're kind of trailblazing that I don't, not aware. I mean, you're the first that I've talked to as far as a chiropractor who's doing it strictly virtually. I'm sure there's others. And I know a lot of people are capitalizing on uh, telehealth and I agree it's a, a medium that um, holds a huge amount of promise and especially for the population that are kind of checked out of healthcare and have kind of checked all the boxes of traditional ways of looking at it and <clears throat> can get in contact with somebody like yourself. I'm, I'm curious from if in your experience, like who are the people that like were most influential? Obviously your first, uh, you know, the chiropractor was an awesome experience for you, uh, really kind of set the stage for practicing the way that ideally we should be practicing as healthcare professionals 
professionals, but I'm curious who, who are the kind of influential people, you know, whether it be social media or whoever uh, that have really kind of guided you to kind of take this approach and maybe help support your kind of method or kind of mindset that you have in the clinic? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a small handful that have really played a big role for me. I mean, they were hugely important too, because obviously if you can imagine somebody who's like halfway in school and every day that you're going to class, like debating dropping out or what you're going to do with your life, like you really do need those people um, who kind of inspire you to, to keep going and do the job and show you that you can do it in a way that you can be proud of. Um, so they were really important, but I think the biggest ones, biggest one for sure for me was, um, was and still is Jacob Harden, who I'm sure both of you um, have seen him on on Instagram. Jake helped me with God pretty much everything for the last uh, kind of almost two years now, and from setting up my business to finding my my approach to care to finding how I communicate. To, I mean, like he's helped me navigate and map out and just kind of not like necessarily telling me how to do it, but just kind of staying step for step with me as I kind of figure it out and being somebody who can be a sounding board. He's really played that role. And so much so that now he and I are actually working on um, a couple kind of projects together where we're actually going to be merging our virtual uh, telehealth clinics together. So, um, you know, it, it started off with me just learning as much as possible from, from him uh, as a mentor and then became, you know, friends and now is becoming kind of a partnership. He's played just a absolutely massive role, which I think is always funny for people to hear too. Cause if you know, Jake, um, such a incredibly like kind and, uh, respectful and not really brash type of guy. Um, when people hear that that's my biggest influence and the person who's, you know, rubbed off on me the most, they're always kind of surprised like, well, he's not a dick. Um, so I don't know what you're talking about, but Anyway, he, he was a big one. Uh, Greg Lehman was a huge one for me too, as far as kind of um, getting me to ask more questions right from the jump. I remember very, very well. Um, I think it was like my second or third week of school. And I listened to a, um, a podcast interview that Greg was on. I didn't even know who Greg was at the time, but it was an interview where um, it was just, uh, they were asking him about PT school versus Cairo school. And that's how I landed on it because I genuinely just wanted to know differences and similarities. I, I didn't care that it was Greg Lehman on it. I just saw PT compared to Cairo School and clicked listen. Um, and I hear him like kind of shitting on some of the stuff that I was about to go through for four years. And like, I remember feeling like defensive at first as I was listening to this guy um, and then checking in with my, myself and saying, you're two weeks in, like, this isn't who you are. Why are you getting up in arms right now? Because somebody's being critical of something they too have experienced. And now you're about to like, um, you know, this isn't your identity. You probably shouldn't be getting offended by this. And that just led me to listen to more of what he was saying and then ask more questions and so on and so forth. So he was a big one and still is a big one. Um, him, Jake, I would say those are two, two of the biggest Peter O'Sullivan obviously, um, has been massively influential for me along the way. I think those are probably the biggest three that I can think of off the top of my head. Those are, uh, those are three good ones. Uh, Jake is a really good dude. Um, weirdly enough, he's, he's got family really close to where I live and I've been lucky enough to be able to meet up with him and have some lunch with him and his family. And they're just, just genuinely good people. And he's, he's doing things, he's doing things well. Uh, so huge shout out to Jake. And I think that there's probably, 
man, hundreds, if not thousands of people that would, would list Greg Lehman as this guy kind of pulled the wool, you know, from away, away from my eyes or got the scales off of my eyes type of thing. Um, I know he was hugely influential for, for me. Uh, and that was one of the first, that was one of the first Con Ed courses that I took when I uh, started having a, a, a changed perspective. I invited Greg to come speak here locally. And that was that was pretty excellent. And of course, Peter, Peter O'Sullivan, he's a giant. So those are, those are three really, uh, really awesome influences. So why don't we take this as a time to maybe break up this episode? Because we want to respect uh, Aaron's time, but we're going to have a part two where we get to kind of talk about Aaron's journey in the social media world. Because him and Jared, those of you who you know obviously follow us, Jared and, and Aaron are probably a lot more active on the social media, and they kick up more discussions and, and discussions that I <laughs> look at oftentimes. Like, man, I don't know if I would even that you you are testing some serious uh you know st- status quo there and getting some i'm sure some fun discussions that result from that and some of the challenges that but kudos to both of you for for putting yourselves out there and challenging some of the narratives that exist in both professions and in pain care in general so we're going to talk about that in part two so i hope you guys listen in and until then we'll talk to you guys later this has been another episode of the Modern Pain Podcast with Dr. Mark Cartula. Join us next time as we continue our journey to help change the story around pain. For more information on the show, visit modernpaincare.com. Also, visit the Pain Masterminds Network on Facebook for free education and resources. This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Please consult a licensed professional for your specific medical needs. Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast.